0: Welcome to the Planet Microcap podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. Do me a quick favor. If you like what you hear at Planet Microcap, please take two seconds and give us five stars on Spotify or Apple. This helps with the search engines so that more folks can also discover and engage with all things microcap stocks. Registration is now open for our next event, the Planet MicroCap Showcase, taking place in Las Vegas at the Horseshoe Hotel and Casino, formerly Bally's, on April 25 through 27, 2023 we just announced our initial presenting companies and even since that initial list we've added some more names and I am beyond thrilled with the lineup that we have uh that we've put out there so far so definitely go and check that out on our website at www.planomicrocapshowcase.com we also announced our initial sponsors and speakers for the event um we did an episode last week or two sorry two weeks ago with Andrew Walker talking about how he's going to be moderating three uh pitches uh, for his podcast, and also on our headliner, Maj Swaydon from Geoinvesting, Investing uh, will be headlining the top tier track, which you're going to hear a little bit more about today. So, for more information to register and attend, please visit www.planetmicrocapshowcase.com. See you in Vegas. Like I said, my guest on the show today is Maj Swaydon, founder and CEO of GeoInvesting.com. In my opinion. Maj is a legend in microcap investing, period. my nearly 10 plus years of getting to know Maj, his investing style, and how he evaluates companies, he's on the Mount Rushmore of microcap investors of the last 20 plus years. This is the reason I invite Maj to be a guest on my show, as well as headline any conference that we do. When he speaks, I listen, and if you have a chance to meet him and chat with him, you should. Maj will be hosting a top-tier track on day two of our upcoming conference, the Planet Microcap Showcase, like I said, happening on April 25 to 27, 2023. This has been an idea that we've chatted about uh, for years and finally making it happen. Basically, Microcap management teams that fit Maj's top-tier criteria, which we describe in today's pod. We'll be giving 10 to 15 minute overviews of their businesses, followed by Q&A with Maj and the audience. I'm really excited about this part of our agenda and wanted to dedicate an episode of the podcast to, yes, okay, shamelessly plug our upcoming event in Vegas, not going to deny that, but also discuss what the idea is, Maj's top tier criteria, why this criteria is important to digest with the current state of the markets, and discuss a few names that would be participating. Maj and I always have a fun, lively conversation, and this should serve as a fun preview of what you can expect in Las Vegas if you choose to join us. Thank you again for tuning in to the Planet Microcap Podcast. And please enjoy my conversation with Maj Soudan. Maj, good to see you, my friend. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm good, Bobby. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely, dude. It's been a minute since we had you on, and uh, we have a lot. We actually have a lot to discuss, dude. Not just the having to do with our conference, but I mean, uh, we're recording this on Friday, March 10th, uh, it's Silicon cool. Valley bank news. I mean, this is, this is a, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so um, but, but first things first, you know, uh, we just announced our, uh, for the planet Microcap showcase, Vegas happening April 25 through 27 at the horseshoe hotel and casino. It's formerly Bally's. um, we just announced uh, in the last couple of weeks here, initial speakers and sponsors, and then just this week, initial companies. And I wanted to kind of give folks a better understanding of what you're going to be speaking about and doing at the conference. Um, just kind of general overview, Maj is going to be doing moderated presentations on his on this top tier track. Okay, that's going to be happening on Wednesday, April 26th where companies are going to be doing like 10, 15 minutes of presentation and then QA both with Maj and the audience. And so I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit. So Maj, this was something that we always kind of talked about and we, you know, I'm, I'm stoked that we were able to kind of incorporate this idea into our Vegas event. So tell us what your thought process was when we were talking about it and then maybe some of your criteria for the selection of the companies that we're having on this top tier track.
1: Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Uh hello everybody. Uh, thanks for watching today. Um yeah, so uh before I get into well, I mean I think when we I don't know what year it was, Bobby, uh that we decided to start um being a little more interactive with management teams uh in the conf at your conference. And I think um we, we experimented with it several years ago and I th- yeah, I think I asked you if I could just like interview some management um right on a panel, panel kind of thing. Maybe yeah. maybe a two or three on one panel. At that time it wasn't really a top tier track. It was just I just figured I want to learn more about these companies. And at that time I didn't I, I forgot the symbols, but I wasn't necessarily favorite stocks, but I wanted to kind of go through the interview process because they were coming to your conference and I wanted to figure out, let try it out. And then I, I guess it evolved into where eventually we said, well, you know, why, why don't I try and maybe bring a uh, talk about some pitches that I love stocks. I like maybe my five, my top four or five holdings. Right. And I think we tried that. And I think, I think the first time we did that, it was um, ran worldwide RWWI and OTC
0: so Maja, I I think the first time we did the ran worldwide I think that was on 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 the avoiding the crowd podcast. I think that was the first time we did some of the pitches and then and then I think for the for for the conference that was when we had you did the moderated Q&A last year with uh with InTouch and that was awesome. I I'd I love that. I, I think that was the most well attended presentation in the whole event. You know, everybody had a good time, like not just hearing from the company itself, but it, it, there's a bit of interaction, you know, with somebody like you that knows the story a bit better um, and, and can ask some of the more targeted questions that folks want to hear.
1: Right. Well, I will. I, yeah. So we might've done RWWI on a case study, I think on the way the crowd, but before that, we just definitely, I definitely pitch it as one of the stocks that you're, it was, I I don't know if I think of the four stocks. It was, oh, RW- right.
0: it was, that's right? right. Yeah, you and did the it, you it, did the stock That's that's right. My bad. You're right. I think, I think it, was,
1: uh, was, uh, it was was it was R W Y right. That was one RWI ran worldwide. I think yeah. was Altogen on there or not? Was Gen on that one?
0: Can't remember off the top of my head. Well, DHX, I, I a, DHX, DHX was a, a
1: staffing company, right? Um, and I just don't um, it slips my mind. Maybe you can maybe we can find it later or something. Yeah. But um, I was going to drive me crazy now for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> 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 Are you thinking about it? <laughs> but uh, uh and uh maybe it was only three i can't remember because maybe i didn't have time to do uh, to do four um i mean rw died pretty good actually that was that was good dhx did good eventually and altogens kind of did good then fell apart and <laughs> we'll be talking about that today a little bit
0: <laughs>
1: yeah but uh, and then so then we i know you and i've been talking about that for a long time and then we then we had uh, in touch i just uh, at your Vegas conference, and the, the, I think it was the in-person conference um, last year. Um, I, uh, Cameron Watt, CEO, we, we had a little fireside chat there. Um, so I guess we're expanding on this a little bit and trying to maybe make it more make it more of a formal kind of tract at your at your conference um, to kind of maybe you know help you know the way I look at it is um, help some of the companies we that I, that I might that I might think are you know more you know, are further along on their revenue and, you know, and they're, in, and they're profitable, have probable op- operations, meet some tier one criteria that we said at Gino investing uh, to maybe get a little bit of extra kind of, you know, extra look and uh, maybe help attendees at least, you know, m- maybe see these companies. Cause it's hard when you go to these conferences and they're like, which ones you should look at and stuff. And I, I like to do my best to try and at least look at the ones that I'm like, I'm not saying they're all great picks at all, but that, you know, that have substantial revenue they're at profitability or near profitability, have clean balance sheets, clean capital structure. So, you know, and I don't want you to make it look like all we do at GEO is look for, you know, these top tier companies. You know, it's it's basically, of course, if you can find a, t- a you know, we have a 10 point criteria anywhere from management to insider ownership to share structure, profitability, you know, balance sheet of, you know, income, anything you would think would be top tier kind of criteria. And obviously if, if a company meets all of them, the criteria and they're cheap, that's great to find that. But um, a lot of times our opportunities we find are like when they're missing one or two of them or just getting into some of them, you know, um, like the profitability or if you're looking at a turnaround um, um, where, okay, we're not saying we're looking for always the best quality companies at the moment. We were looking, because if you want to fool the market and get the best, you know, best opportunity, sometimes you got to buy them before they're great quality in terms of on paper, at least. So we're still trying to look at you know to find those that are maybe right around it but it's great when you find one that's cheap and has all the criteria um um you know it's hard to find you know in nanocap land you're gonna find hair <laughs> all the times so, um, often on these companies um and um so you can't avoid that all the time so that's basically the impetus of this I think you know what's what's you know in these stocks most of my proudly owned shares in them that were going to be there I guess you could call it talking the book track too I guess right <laughs> so you know, you know, that would be, you know, actually, I, that'd be actually a good idea. talking my book, right? I mean, talk, yeah. That, you know, me. that's
0: what, that's what we should call it. It's called talking the book. <laughs> yeah. So, talking. So uh, uh, <laughs>
1: so, uh, full, full transparency. And uh, it doesn't mean they're all great buys now. It, it might be, but they might, you know, so this is really a situation where at least I, I did my best to go through the list of companies that were coming. Well, that's my, new, that's my momentum screener. Sorry. I'm surprised it went off today in a down day. Must a uh, soul stock getting a high? Yeah, right. <laughs> What's going on there? No, and, but uh,
0: yeah, no, and and really at the end of the day, what and and this is why you know, look, I've known you for, jeez, like ten years now, eight years, something like that. You know, and like one thing I've always respected is your process in going in and looking at you know because one reason we called the your podcast avoiding the crowd is because you really are finding these companies. Way, mo- almost all the time, way before everybody else. You know, sometimes, you know, some of these stocks are thinly traded. Some of them are just like completely off the radar. And yet they're being overlooked for whatever reason, despite yeah. maybe having some top tier qualities to them. You know, and secondly, you know, there's this idea of curation, you know, you come to our events and yeah, it's sometimes hard to be like, all right, where should I go? And, you know, what, what room should I go and listen to this presentation, whatnot. And part of the reason I loved what we did last year is that we gave some folks like a little bit of something different. And that's why I wanted to compound on that this year with mm-hmm. doing a bit more of these types of, you know, moderated Q and A's just, just to give folks a better understanding, like, okay, like, you know, i I've heard Maj on Planet Microcap every once in a while. You know, hey, I might be a, a, a subscriber to his newsletter. Let me let me hear maybe some of these ideas that he's been talking about or maybe he's a shareholder in and and learn a bit more about why maybe I should, you know, learn about this or dive a bit deeper.
1: Right. Simply yeah, put. I, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, look, I will tell you, like, it's just, again, it's not a situation where... We're, I don't want this to people to think we're bringing the best companies. I think, I, you know, I don't want the, sure. to be sitting here. That I'm, I'm, you know, we're highlighting what we've got as top picks. We're just, again, this is companies that are, have revenue, substantial revenue, maybe, um, and um, are, are, are um, profitable or getting there. But, but I, I think that, uh, you know, especially like with the you know, geo we've, we've evolved over time at, Ge- <laughs> at geo and, uh, and, you know, I obviously we're always looking for great companies. And, and, but around, around that, you can have different periods of time where sometimes more speculative companies might work and might be fun buying them. And as in the environment that we've been heading to here in the last couple of years, um, we've decided to really go away from the speculative, less speculative and more of these really solid, you know, GARP or growth plus value type of plays that are, are substantial companies you know that ha- that that you can value on earnings, not just revenue, and or or, or their or their um you know prospects.
0: And, um, and it might seem obvious to most, like why? But you know, for those that may not have made that connection, you know why why this criteria right now, especially with where we're at in 2023 on March 10th, 2023, with all the news and everything. <laughs> well, speaking. I guess the
1: the first reason is because you know. Buying whatever you want doesn't work anymore. You know, buying sexy or buying you know Peter Lynch, oh, I bought this at the store. I'm going to go buy the stock now. That's not working. Like it doesn't work anymore. And I think a lot of people. Wait, you're telling really me got...
0: picking the the uh, what is it? The Scrabble tiles out of the thing, and then that that's the <laughs> That's not going to work anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> oh, da- ah, damn! The, the, thro- the, the monkey
1: throwing dart thing might still work though. He's probably he's kicking ass probably.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but but uh, it's uh, not. And it, look it. I got to tell you, though, I mean, it was, I mean, I got caught up in this that this euphoria in the last 15 years, and only because I found it very hard to have a broad portfolio of these really deep value or GARP kind of stocks. They weren't really working well in terms of, a, of getting the valuations that we wanted to get to a fair value. Nobody wanted them. They're all buying Teslas and biotechs, pumping dumps, and it didn't matter. I mean, rates were low, liquidity was, easy money was there, and Companies could raise whatever money they wanted to raise and tell great, sexy stories. I and mean, every investors bought the stories, and and those you know billion dollar markets and you know we're gonna we're gonna take over the world and we're gonna get you know we we have zero percent market share now, but if we just get 1% one percent of billion dollar market, we're gonna be this big. So and that was kind of going on for a long time. And the more conservative companies that were just traditional growth, you know, the value stocks weren't didn't really appeal. And there's always so much money to go around, and you have crypto going, taking money away from the nano cap space and, and very speculative. So. And um, it, it, but now that's everything has changed, right? And um, uh, the the money isn't easy. The rates are high, and the market is going to start punishing these stocks that are not going to be able to raise money or or, or make money to, to 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 function. So the money is is going to eventually well is is actually going to these traditional kind of garb kind of c- companies, um, especially in the smaller cap arena. We're seeing it. You're tracking it a lot, and um, it might not be as consistent flow as you want, but you're starting to see this trend there, and and it feels good. Like the last, like my first twenty years of investing was all about that—just buying these garbage type stocks—and it was working, like worked like a charm. The last fifteen years, where it wasn't working as well on a broad basis, I think was not the norm, and I, I can't can't believe it took this long to swing back. You know, to the pendulum to come back to norm, right? But I think that's where we're in. I think the next bull market is going to be this this wonderful kind of bull market in these smaller cap, nano cap, kind of value type names. I don't know if it'll be as um, robust. Um, so what we saw in 2021, I'm sorry, 2020, um, when we saw this great money coming in, the, in, everything was going up. Even you know, so it was great for my you know my value stocks. It would go up. But imagine that for 20 years. I mean, that's 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 how I, what it was like when people were buying those kind of stocks on a, on a, just a, on, a, on a constant basis. That's what we all craved. Um, I don't know if we're going to get back to that type because there's so many there's so many different different environment now. Just not just just for the market, you know, it's harder to buy OTC stocks. Brokerage firms don't like do it as much, so we're not going to I think get into that kind of fringe like we you know I did in our first twenty years. But there's gonna be a lot of opportunity and a lot of money still coming into those kind of companies. And what's funny is I launched a, a new product recently, and I haven't really marketed it yet. It's um, it's called the Active Portfolio um, under one of my uh, companies called MS Microcaps, and it's three things. It's basically my Cliff Notes, so they're really short notes. And this basically takes me back to how I used to do it when I was a kid. I would basically have like a one one day a week on a Sunday. I'd have like a skull session. I had a, a friend at that time. We were doing it together. We would go into office, spend five, six, seven hours on a Sunday and just go through all these, you know, all this, all this information and research and write down cliff notes. And then, you know, we had a binder and a spread uh, and we draw lines and have columns and notes. And it and, uh, took me back and I said, you know what, why not I go back to that and, um, and see how that looks? Geo so is very, I you mean, know, we do a lot of work on geo real long reports. You know, we have the fireside chats. Every day there's an email going out to members and we have a weekly email. But I wanted to dial back a little bit and say, you know, let me just go back to this really quick cliff notes. Like going into press releases and dissecting things really quick, right? And um, using this tier one, tier, top tier criteria that we use of 10 points to really kind of um, um, uh, find these companies. And the, the, we're trying to, so I'm trying to find these tier one companies that are a type, are some type of inflection of growth. So I am trying to find timely companies in the media of a growth cycle that are in that tier one mix, you know, or maybe going through restructurings to get there. We're doing a lot of Chapter Eleven exits, for example. So, um, and and that so it's that. It's also that an active portfolio of uh, where we just we just we have a a mock mock portfolio of one hundred thousand dollars and um, up to up anywhere from like five to fifteen stocks are in there, kind of going in and out. And we launched that about a year ago. And then I'm building some tools around around this thing, which we're about to launch soon. But the cool thing about this whole thing was the cliff notes. We have about 55 cliff notes on there now. And what it basically is cliff notes, um, the price we um, found, that we, we, we publish a cliff note, um, the tasks that we need to basically uh, perform to verify some of the things we found. And then some management commentary from the, from either the press releases of conference called transcripts and links to everything. So it's very quick. And, as, and then the returns were pretty amazing. So we, we launched the body a, a little over a year ago and um, if you're just thinking of a, a passive approach, like buying every stock uh, equally weighted in in the thing, the high return was I think like almost forty percent, and then the current return is about I think seventeen percent now because everything's come down. But that's still pretty good when you think about um, that's from doing nothing. That's not even that's not even like taking the what we think are the best stocks out of there, right? Um, and I thought that was then they're all nano caps and, uh, and micro caps. Really, I would think they're probably all nano caps. Um, but you'd be amazed at what these, and, and as part of this whole tier one structure that we look at, right? We've combined it with this, what we call big cap micro caps. <laughs> and these are companies that are on their way, maybe to big cap revenue, trading at nano cap value, nano cap kind of um, valuations. Right. So, you know, you, you find you can find companies with trading fifty million, hundred million, well over, you know, maybe maybe even half half a billion revenue. Tra- um, trading as nanocaps, and we think that's a lot where the money is going to go to too, because I think investors are going to want to be a more quality type of proven companies a little bit. So that's where all of that. Really centers around, and a lot of that's coming from Canada too. We're finding some great Canada. I think I gave you a Canada symbol to take a look at for your conference.
0: Yeah, well, no, I saw you just put out that newsletter. I was like, wow, it's about time Mosh put this out because <laughs> I, you know, I, every time, like when we talk about Canadian stocks, like, oh, it's a US symbol. And then, but uh, that was that was super interesting to, to see you publicly put that out there. That was, uh, that, that was good.
1: Yeah, I th- I gotta tell you they've been some of the best performing stocks for us. You know, I mean Paul Andreoli is all over that, right? Yep. And um, uh, right. small cap discoveries, but um, One of you best. know, it was Wrightman's was a Chapter 11 exit. Um, yep. there was Hammond, which is a huge company, biggest retailer, and you know, I what think was it was HPS GPL. HPS A-Dash
0: A. The, the, something.
1: There was then there's a, a Hammond Power, which is H M D P F, I think. And that went from like 13 bucks, 25 bucks in a matter of, you know, not, 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 not too long. And that's, and this is, these are legitimate companies, you know, with hundreds of million in revenue potentially shareholder. And, and I am a shareholder in Hammond. Okay. Very small and not big enough, unfortunately, because all my, all my, <laughs> all my small holders are going up and my, my <laughs> grant and my big ones are all going down. So I was telling you earlier, I got stuck in this kind of transition. So not to get off topic a little bit, but, um, I had a, I, I had um, a good, you know, a good mix of growth and value. garbage talks about some speculative stuff, and some of the speculative stuff maybe was they were growing in revenue and had great growth stories, maybe, but maybe they weren't there in earnings yet, and uh, um, or maybe if they had were in earnings, I mean, they were selling high PEs, and I got stuck in some of those. So now I'm in this this kind of battle zone where I've held on to a lot of these companies, and I mean, the decision: do I just you know get rid of those? And move on to where, because when I saw this cliff note kind of returns, I'm sitting here waiting for these other ones to come back. Because emotionally, I don't want to lose. Right? You don't want to admit you're lost. And a lot of them are still up from where I bought them, but they're still de- well down from their highs. And you battle, and I and I'm, I'm going, I'm just going back into my career, thinking when I was younger, I didn't care. I would just sell it, move on, and it's all so good, right? So I got to get. It, it's, it's, I'm rediscovering that lesson in life that helped me be successful earlier when I was investing. I just didn't care. Um, And um, so, you know, but it's hard to see a stock go from like 20 cents to $6. Now it's back to, you know, if it's back to 70, 80 cents, you know, it's it's still tough psychologically to take. Right. Um, And then you go into that whole mindset. If you sell that and you buy another one and it goes down, what happens then? And you get this whole, this whole mess. But um, yeah, so that's, so, so this tier one uh, track that we're looking at here is kind of a combination of this, these 10 criteria we're looking at, either the companies that meet them where or are get getting closer to meeting them, combined with this big cap micro theme where they have substantial revenue. Um, and when I say substantial, I used to kind of define the big cap micro theme as those stocks that were maybe over 500 million, but I thought that was too restrictive. So i bring down, I brought, we brought down like to 50 million or so just to be at least um, at that level. Um, in terms of profitability, that's a tough criteria. So we like, always like them to be profitable, but sometimes the best opportunities are right before they're profitable, especially right now in this market because people want profitability. They might be ignoring these companies. So if we can figure out they're going to become profitable, um, so I, we're going to have a few of those companies that are at, the tr- at this conference. They're not quite there yet, but I mean, they're real close to it. And we need to figure out through these interviews if they can get there.
0: You know, what, so, by the way, you know, going back to the analogy that we always use when it comes to microcaps, how like uh, you know, all of them have hair. You know, I maybe this is a bad joke, but I'm thinking to myself, you know, this might be the one area where like being a little bald is actually a a good thing, you know, just less hair. Uh that was terrible. I'm, I'm, I might well that was absolutely terrible. I should have said that for when like we had a couple drinks. Then you would think that's hilarious. But let, let's transition into some of the names that are going to be on this top on this top tier track. All right? So, um I think we mentioned, you already mentioned uh, Altagen, ATGN, so they're coming back. And then we also, I believe, uh, have confirmed Heritage Global, LFTD Partners, as well as InTouch Insight is going to be coming back and being on there as well. So, you know, speaking to just these four specifically, you know, what about these four that you thought might make a lot of sense to have on here? And even before we get into that, just disclose whether you're currently a shareholder in any one of these four.
1: Yeah, I'm a shareholder in all four of those, Altigen ATGN, HGBL, Characters Global, Lifted, L-I-F-D, and InTouch, INX.V, but I, I, own the, I own the OTC symbol INXSF. I think I've been a shareholder in ATGN since 2000, February of 14, maybe. Um, wow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> INXV, maybe October, November of 19, right before COVID, of course. And and I'll t- we'll get to that in a second why it's why it's critical. Lifted is new a new one for me, um, and then HGBL is a relatively new one. I would say last two maybe maybe two years now. I've had a little bit of it. Can't remember. Um, but you know, and so yeah, and it was interesting was and I thought that you know it's a broad mix here of stocks, right? And there's going to be some hair on some of them, um, and maybe not on others. But we'll we'll talk about those, but. When you look at ATGNs, and what's my, it was, it, I, and that's when I think I pitched at one of your conferences too. I think I bought it originally maybe around twenty-five cents or so. This is one of those situations. I the round trip, twenty-five, you know, cents. Um, and we you didn't know what's been on geo since then. Also, as a, as a, in one of our model portfolios, I think it, it goes to almost three dollars, and now we're back to what fifty-one cents, um, and. Even though they're growing some revenue right now. And we'll get into at the conference what's going on, why I think it fell, but why I still think it's really an interesting opportunity right now to take a look at the company. Um, you have buyer, you know, you a situation where they were maybe a little late or they're still on their getting their new product rollout, their software product. They're a cloud communication software provider where they have a new a new platform they've been trying to get out and there's been delays getting it out and, and that combined with being right around profitability and not quite there yet. And what sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, it just not the great, it wasn't the greatest stock for this environment maybe. Um, but so we're just going to try and find out from Jerry, uh, you know, Fleming, the CEO, how close they are to breaking out, uh, into, um, to growth, um, driven by this new platform. And, um, we don't. I don't know when. At this point, it, it, I'm done saying it's going to happen next quarter. We don't still know. We, 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 what I think I do know, or we do know, is that when it does happen, it could be big, um, because of their relationship with Pfizer and 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 their and their focus also on Microsoft Teams, and um, and we we still think they can sell the company at the worst case scenario at a higher price, a much higher prices than they're at now at the worst case. So, um, so we'll learn more about that at the conference. Um, HGBL Heritage Global is an interesting one. Um, it's it's not a big position of mine. Yeah, not, not yet. But um, you know this company does a, a, a asset liquidation type of a business, uh, and um, they also have a platform uh, for uh, companies that have um, lenders that want to basically lay off their lay off that maybe some bad debt or risky debt on a platform. So, you know uh, consumer credit. Kind of charge-off type of platform, where it's uh, a marketplace. There, I guess, for people who want to buy that stuff. So um, you can imagine. I, the reason I wanted, I thought this would be interesting right now, is because uh, we, um, if we're if we're going into a tougher economy, both those um, pieces of business should do well. You should have more liquidations, um, uh, more uh, asset liquidation opportunities, as either firms maybe go into Chapter Eleven or. Or companies want to downsize and sell some of their divisions, so HGBL can go in there and buy these and and, and auction them off, you know, and sell them. Um, and then, of course, as people as people start de- getting de- maybe getting closer to defaulting on their debts and stuff, and or maybe they um they become riskier type of um, uh, um uh, borrowers. So the lenders might want to offload some of that debt on this, on the platform. So there's really, so we, we know we created at geo recently, a two portfolio model portfolios, one called the uh, recession proof portfolio and one called the recession resistant portfolio, you know, the recession proof are those companies that think are real, that can withstand and maybe even do better during a recession. The resistant one is, are those that maybe can withstand the recession. Maybe they don't do gra- as uh, grow, but they can, they can survive through it pretty, pretty nicely. And I think we put HGBL on the recession-proof one recently, so I thought it'd be a pretty cool company to bring because it kind of ties into this. You know, um, they might even be stronger, uh, uh, stronger, get stronger during an economy. And they had they had a bad economy. They had some earnings to today, um, today, which really yesterday. good. Yeah, I think they came yeah, out yesterday, was, was yesterday right? after the close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah after the close, the conference call was lights out. A lot of information arbitrage in the conference call. Um Stock's barely up today because of you know, the market sucks, but. We, we, we think that should go higher um, in the short term, at least. Um, you know, the, the tough thing with that one is how do you value it? Because they have this situation where, I mean, the, pl- the platform, I like the platform. It's a lot, probably a lot more um, uh, sexier to value. And it's probably more a constant, re- constant and you know, predictable revenue stream and earning stream. The asset liquidation business is a little tougher. It can be lumpy. And how, how do you value that type of business? And, um, so that's where the tricky part of this goes. We'll talk about that at the conference too. Like, should this get a valuation based on its software platform? Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry it's um, it's marketplace platform. And, and what kind of valuation should we put in the asset liquidation platform, right? And, um, you know, I think if if we can say that this environment is going to – they're going to be in a great environment for the next three, four years, maybe you could place high valuations in both parts of the business if they're both going to be a continually – doing well and growing and not, and not be as lumpy as you might expect in the asset liquidation business. And then we got well lifted, which is L I F D um, this, you know, well, if you want hair, <laughs>
0: so
1: I swear I would never buy another marijuana stock or, or a cannabis related company.
0: Cannabis adjacent.
1: Cannabis adjacent. has. Yes. yes. Anything, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Hemp der- derived products, psychedelics, um, I do think they want to get what they want to do expand outside that and this this I mean that's I'm still digging my feet into this company trying to figure it out. I mean the CEO has some experience with our success stories with our companies in the past. It's got a really low PE of maybe five or six or so because you can imagine it's on the OTC by the way. Um as is APGN, HTBL I think it listed. Um on the NASDAQ. So you have a situation there where that's who's gonna and and, and, it's, and it's it's gonna it's gonna get a low PE because of the environment it's in. There's not there was a time that you would have got a high valuation being in a, you know in this industry, but it's tougher right now. Um, and but their strength is they have a really a really strong distribution network, and they so if they want to create new brands or acquire brands, they can just shove them right in there. I think they're on track to do maybe 80, 90 million in revenue. Well, they were before they had a, a issue in the Q three that's resolved. They had a product recall and some supply chain issues. But I think on a normal kind of run rate, they're probably going to be over $100 million in revenue. Um, yeah, so we want to dig into that and f- try to figure out it, it, with, with the kind of optics. By the way, a great capital structure, not a lot of outstanding shares, uh, clean balance sheet, which is uh, unusual in this space, right? Um, I mean, $100 rate- on,
0: hundred million run rate on hemp-derived consumables and psychoactive yeah, they're, consumables. Yeah. Like,
1: Their they're market mar- cap let me, let me see if I can pull it up disclosure, here. Already. I'm not a show. <laughs> uh, for me, they have 53 million market cap. Yeah. Right now. And, and it's not a. it's not a, by the way, it's not also not a big position for me yet. Um, it's very illiquid and, but it, we'll, we'll see how things go. And I know they want to make some acquisitions. So we're going to learn about that and trying to figure out if, do we think um, that this can, will this PE expand? Will the value – or will we just stick at a five six P because of their end? But even if it stays at a five P and they and they double triple triple earnings, the I mean, the stock should still follow suit. But what I'm wondering is if can we if the if the market does get favorable again for that for that sector, or can it can it trade away from that sector kind of you know stigma, and can we see a re in the P to a fifteen or twenty P? That'd be interesting. Um, and hopefully, during our interview with them, our, fireside, our, our, our presentation with them, we'll, we'll try and dig into that a little bit. And then finally, there's In Touch uh, Insight with Cameron Watt, CEO there. And um, I've known him, talked to him a lot, a lot of fireside chats, did it with the presentation with you at uh, your, your event. You've done some interviews with him, Bobby. And um, this is a customer experience co- um, company. They... Um, they send people on the ground, you know, to 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 um, mystery shoppers, to to retail operations. Um, they do audits on on, on company locations, make sure inventory is correct, pricing is correct, branding's right. The salespeople are doing what they got to do, making sure regulations are being followed. All these things. So, um, that's the kind of on the ground, uh, the labor intensive part of the business. But they've combined it with a software piece of the business, which which the CEO kind of, um. uh, developed and made it as a core uh, objective of the company to have that when he, when he came on board several years ago. Um, So, um, you know, we want to basically, and the stock's been doing, we've been growing nicely. They're doing about four and a half, maybe a million in revenue, a quarter, maybe close to five in some quarters. Um, Actually, I think they're closer to five now. Um, They just turned profitable for the, you know, they were, they were sitting at break even for for a while when I found them at 19 and, and the last two quarters been profitable. Uh, but the stock is getting no respect. And, and look, the part of it might be because a lot of their clientele are, are in their retail side, retail, big box retail and, uh, and hospitality. And if you're going into a recession, are they going to cut back on those expenses? So that's where I, I think part of our, you know, there's some info in their, in, in their, um, set the CDAR. I don't know how you pronounce it even. set our filings. SCC. You, all the Canadians out there C- laughing at you. They,
0: they say, they say
1: that, C- that stupid SEC guy. What's he know? <laughs> Don't, don't, don't look at our filings but there's some info arbor in there where he talks about i'm
0: gonna, th- I'm gonna ask paul i'll be like paul my <laughs> yeah. have- this dumbass said sedar <laughs> <Yeah. He's> like- <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: but like, uh the oh, little classic, capture bullshit. classic american uh- <laughs> but uh the um there's some verbiage in the filing where it's really t- where they talk about them not seeing that as a problem right now. And then I mean, they were talking about it in previous filings, like they were just watching it closely. Um, but, but they weren't seeing it as a, as a headwind, as a headwind, but who knows? I mean, things can change fast. And what we want, we want to hear it from Cameron. We want to talk to him about his feeling about a recession. And there's actually um, arguments you can make that will be good for the company in a recession because the company needs, they need, more, they need to know, uh, know their customers even more during a recession and make sure they're running a tighter ship. Um, but there's also arguments that some of these companies might cut back on those expenses. Who knows? I don't, but we'd like to maybe dig in that a little bit, but it's selling at a, I think an EV to sales of well. I mean, maybe 0.6 or so point, and And uh, just as where there's a big software presence in the company. So if, if as a software piece of the business grows to become bigger and bigger, uh, which is, has the higher gross margin and will drive profitability, we think that over time, you know, valuation can expand, but, um, you know, it's a little maybe difficult for investors to, again, you got two pieces of the company. You got the sexy business, which is the software. And then, and you got the less sexy, which is the, you know, the labor kind of intensive
0: business. Right. So, all right. So that was a good, that was a good. Flavor of some four names that are going to be on this top tier track during the event. There's a few more names that we're going to be announcing as we get closer, but we thought, you know, for, for our intents and purposes here today, I think that's a nice overview of a few of the names and kind of a flavor of what to expect as an attendee, which uh, you know, quick break, you should go register. It's complimentary uh to attend as an investor. And
1: one and one of those three companies is also on our, re- our recession proof or resistant portfolio. It's also one it should benefit from a recession. Yeah. Which so, one you,
0: H, HB, HGBL, I would assume. Well,
1: HGBL is but one of the ones we haven't mentioned yet, which, which were, I guess, the teaser <laughs> um, is also uh, on that portfolio, also. Cool. By the way, it's, and, and, it's, and it's software, which is nice. Nice.
0: By the way, I want to make sure uh, to, so that, and you know this too, but every, all subscribers to geoinvesting.com, it's complimentary to attend Planet Microcap Showcase. If you'd like to make a trip out there, we'd love to have you there and welcome you. We know the Custards will be there for sure. They're always there. We love we love them. So shout out to the Custards. Uh, hopefully they see this. But, um, you know, quick transition. I want to close this out here today because, you know, we've been talking, uh, you know, to already kind of digging deeper in microcaps and everything like that. But I wanted to kind of, in microcaps in general right now, um, we're kind of towards the tail end of reporting full year 2022, Q4 2022 earnings. You know what? What's been your general take on microcap performance overall? You know, based on last year' full year earnings, Q four, and kind of some of the rumblings that you're already hearing about Q one.
1: Yeah, man. You know, I know. I just, I just so never been my my forte predicting these kind of things. I mean, I'm it, it just as it goes, just, but that, 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 I, I, I just, I just, yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I mean, you, just, you have some of these stocks that go up really nicely, and then you, they, you're, you're still seeing this volatile market where you see stocks losing their gains really quick so it's it's challenging to hold on to some of these names um you think you're safe and all of a sudden they're down 30% for no reason after being up 50% over maybe 6 months so that's the environment you're still seeing and that's not across the board but if you have a broad portfolio you're going to have some of that stuff happen um and i still think that you know that that transition we talked about to kind of this traditional kind of value or garp kind of investing is is going on right now i do think that this is that um we're, we're still have to see a lot of these stocks from 2020 and 21 that are still sitting here at, at valuations that don't deserve to be, but, um, that, that, but given that the money are losing, that has to go away. There's still so many of those companies, oh, oh, well over a thousand. I think that I did a, a um, screen where there's, I think it was well, maybe 1200 companies or 1300 companies Trading over a dollar, losing twenty million dollars a quarter, Um and some of them are trading you know you know you know much higher prices with crazy market caps, and they're and I'm shorting some of them. I don't really talk about them you know anymore, Geo, but um, and they're, it's working out. But I think you know, until that kind of plays out a little more, we're still in this kind of tough environment where there is going to be a lot of people still losing a lot of money in these companies. And until that cycles out, I mean, we still might have this volatility. And, um, you're, um, I, I'm doing, I did, a, I think like if the average of companies selling, uh, selling over a dollar, losing 20 million a quarter is at a, I think at a, at a pretty, on the higher end of history. And so I want to see that come down, but there's a lot of opportunities to short those stocks too. I'm, I'm not going to mention them, but, um, I think they're still, people who are believing in these companies that are still all, they're all going to go to zero. <laughs> and I think I'm wondering how that's going to play out. And from a psychology point of view, you know, but overall, I just think stock picking still works Um more now than ever. Hopefully that, that, um, you know, I think the micro, that, that portfolio I, uh, from MS Meyer caps from the cliff notes is proving that if you can find great companies to, with, with traditional type of, a research and traditional value and just, you know, have sales, growing earnings, going through some kind of change and inflection points, and it works. Um, and, and that's always going to work, I think. Um, I think that maybe an extra focus on trying to find stocks in these recession-proof or resistant type of areas is pretty interesting. Um, but, you know, it's hard to, it's hard in a down tape to to, uh, to have a broad portfolio do, you know, do everything, do, do fantastical all the time, right? But... 100%. Yeah, but I'm, I'm still optimistic long term. And um, I think that, you know, I don't, day to day volatility, what are you going to do about it? Right.
0: Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. All right, dude. I think we're pretty much there, man. I mean, uh, you know, where, firstly, where folks can, where can folks go and find more information on, on geoinvesting.com and follow you on social media?
1: Yeah. So um, you can come to geoinvesting.com and, you know, and uh, fill out one of our opt in forms. You can email us directly at um at the support at geoinvesting.com. You can email me directly at Maj at Geoinvesting.com. We have a tw- uh, the Twitter is at GeoInvesting. And my personal Twitter is at Maj GeoInvesting. It's M-A-J Geo Investing. And uh, we're always um we are look- always looking for new stock pickers and those that, that, that value you know, picking stocks on you know traditional old school value, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, Earnings, sales and earnings and PE ratios, <laughs> not just a, not just the EBITDA number or, or a sexy story.
0: That's right. Well, look, and everyone listening in, come join us in Vegas. We, you know, listen, down markets, up markets. And, you know, when you come to Vegas, it's a great opportunity to really, especially microcaps. You need to meet management. And this is a great opportunity to finally hear what they have to say, how they present, and maybe they can answer a few questions that you might have. So be sure to join us. Go to planetmicrocapshowcase.com to register. Like I said, all Jew Investing members, it's complimentary to attend. You know, Come see Maj, uh, do his thing. He really does a great job in doing these fireside chats. I, I watch them all. Um, he really knows the stories inside and out and ask the questions that you really should be asking and getting the information that you want to know. So, uh, you know, I, I've always looked at him as a mentor and, you know, hearing how he asks these questions and, you know, I, I sometimes use some of those questions when I do interviews with companies. So hmm. don't, don't miss out on that. I know he's, <laughs> he's You're giving so much shit, uh, but seri- but seriously, everyone come, come check out, come, come see Maj do his thing. Uh, speak with management team a whole bit. We'd love to see and host you. So with that, Maj, thanks again for, uh, uh, you know, kindly volunteering uh, to do the uh, top two track in Vegas. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all there. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. And for full disclosure, Maj Don is still a shareholder of RWWI and is not a shareholder of DHX. podcast. podcast.